The UFC Picks podcast is brought to you by the UFC Picks app, a new free-to-play pick-em app that gives you the chance to win £5,000 in a cash giveaway. Check out the Picks app in the App Store and get your picks in now. I think I might be back, you know. I know this is the fourth time I've had this conversation, but I think I might have found the love again. Yeah, you reckon? Yeah. yeah. Where did you find it? Oh, on the end of a Jimmy Wilde jab. That's <laughs> good. Oh, oh, I love it. I oh, fuck, I love this. Yeah. I was going to say, I always do that. I always go, hang on a minute. Okay, where's my phone? I'm like, oh, it's oh, yeah, recording. Right, Hello, everybody. Welcome to the UFC Picks podcast, UFC Picks show. I keep calling it a podcast. It's the peas, peas. Makes sense, doesn't it? UFC Picks Show Podcast. Podcast started. show. What? Yeah. Start it. Yeah. Start it, start it. Yeah. yeah right. We got all that flexing and you talking about Jimmy's jab and everything. <laughs> um, let me just put that iPad down for a minute because I don't need that until we start talking about next week's fights. Okay. Right. Have you got a timer on? Are you doing Hold this? On. Let's time it. We've got 20 minutes. <laughs> Ready? Okay. Go. What do you want to talk about from the weekend? Where do you want to start? Uh, start at the bottom because I was really happy with my picks, obviously. Oh, hang on. Bottom of the main card? Uh, well, I was just going to talk about Z- Zalal and Choi, okay, which I thought fight. was a fun fight. There were some good fights on the undercard. Yeah. and um, Four decisions in a row, though. Choi sort of did what we thought he was going to do, didn't he? Yeah. He's just a good, he's just a good <laughs> up-and-coming, solid fight of a mixed skill set all over the place. Yeah. Um, I thought he just outpointed Zalal. Pretty solidly, really. Mm-hmm. Zalal did that like shrug off at the end, like he didn't understand why he lost the decision, but yeah, he lost that fight. I think when he watches it back, he'll see it. And I think if he watches it back, if he reads the rules and scoring criteria and watches it back, he'll understand it as well. Like there's a, there was a lot of similarities between that fight and the way that the main event played out for a lot of reasons. And and we were discussing this last week with Volkov having just a clear skill set of this is what he does. This is what he's good at. And like he sharpens the edges and he rounds it off and he, you know, he tidies it up, but he's evolved steadily as that fighter. Mm. With Sung Woo Choi coming from Thai boxing, you can see he's done the same thing with just like his nice fundamental striking skills. And then over him on the other side, same as Zalal, he's skirting the octagon, like trying to find weird angles and giving you weird looks. And it's like someone's got good footwork and then a whole scattering of techniques with with no like no glue to hold them together yeah right and with with Plus Choi, so many options then whereas if you if you have a limited skill set and you're really good at it well you just stick with that limited skill set you don't com- get confused by options mm-hmm. do you because you know the gears that you shift through and mm-hmm. and like with Overeem like I mean I talked about it on the, on the war room how he's got like there's been different versions of Overeem and, he, and he's, he's adapted and changed over the years but he didn't look like he had a plan at the weekend, which was it, it looked like he had one plan, sorry, and that plan didn't work. Like I said in the in, in the pick show, he just confuses me. Like he doesn't fight like I feel like he has all of that experience and all that know how, all of those techniques. He doesn't seem to fight like that yeah. anymore. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that shame. He's not. Fight. It's not like you just see this. You know, he was, he was Uberim, and you just uh-huh. see him on his knees at, at the end, hurt, like beat up and hurt, and it's just, it's just not nice, is it? It's not. And it, and that cut was opened again. Yeah. And it, this card started with three featherweight fights, and I would like to see any of those winners fight, face one another. Ode Osborne. I'm going to cover it on aftermath. That that was a lovely little knockout with it. Yeah. Flaring of the elbow. Beautiful. And Valiev against Sungwoo Choi would be a lot of fun. His kicking game, his grappling game was excellent. Yeah. 
Uh, I mean, we were we were all about Valiev anyway, weren't we? But he's and it um, was a decision. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's um, it's just a, it's just a good good time for those those guys. That, that, you know, obviously they're on the undercard, on the they're on the prelims, but it's healthy down there, right? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of talent, mm-hmm. and you know, even Zalau coming coming off worse in that. That's not to say that we're writing him off. No. You know, that was a it was a probably below par performance for him, but he's a very solid fighter, and he's obviously going to come back from this and. You know the experience will do him will do him good, even if even if it's the fact that look you thought you were doing all right in this fight and it ends up you weren't and you're on the bad end of a decision. Mm-hmm. You know you have to modify your fight behavior to to make sure this doesn't happen again. So you look at Zalal's record, right? He's, he's, he's ten and four now, but all all five of his fights in the UFC have been the distance, and they've all been unanimous decisions. So he's either running the show or he's not able to keep up. Mm. And I look for that a little bit now. You reckon? Yeah, off some conversations we've we've had, I look for that a little bit. In that, what are they in there to do? Mm-hmm. So you're either just tough and no one can finish you, and they, you know, you, you never get finished, and you always take people to decision. Or have you got that thing? Have you got that thing where you're going in there to to finish this fight, to win a fight, not to compete in a competition? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Shame for Molly, hey. It seemed it was, like it was, it was just a yeah. ball of energy and emotion and. Pretty, pretty poor yeah. energy strategy for sure. She should have been stuffing those takedowns, and and it was the thing is with with that fight as well. You you watched Lara's first fight in the UFC against Carol Rosu, who also was surprisingly good against Justin Edwards. I was I, I'm mm. I'm big on Justin Edwards, yeah, and I, 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 that was an impressive performance. But from Lara, like you watch her first fight in the UFC, and I just thought to myself, like. As long as you stuff the first two takedowns, you kind of you kind of do what you. There's not much there, no, is not, yeah. not really. Yeah, but if it hits the floor, then she's a problem. But like that's always been the, the you know the gap in Molly's game. Yeah, I feel, I feel like though Molly's she had a um, skill differential in a stand up, but she was in a rush to put that in place. Whereas if she truly trusted the fact that she had you know she had better hands than her, she could have just sat back and trapped her a little bit and just waited and not rush to put put that game in, in mm-hmm. front of her because rushing it and, and you know trying to get those hands on her just it's so hard to um moderate that, that that distance and then you just end up in the clinch and then you, you know she she negated her advantage a little bit yeah but yeah. there was you know there's a lot going on for her and maybe that was part of it but it does seem like it is also a bit of a habit yeah that she needs to address I feel like it's it might be time for her to step outside of her you know her her normal training routines and and get some different perspectives and and you know maybe even train with some different people get some different sparring partners and stuff in there someone that can push her yeah. a bit more um and that's a whole nother you know, we're trying to keep this to 20 minutes as a recap but that that's a whole nother conversation yeah. we could have about uh, it's actually come up in a few comments i think on some of the war rooms is about how do you how do you feel about staying with your core group being loyal to the guys that got you where they got you but also you know, being smart enough to go out and get outside information to objectively look at your game and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, there's, there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with loyalty, but at the same time, there's there's nothing disloyal about trying to better yourself. Yeah, like like in martial arts, not everybody has the answer, no. and in mixed martial arts, very few people have all the answers, if anybody. And right. you might go to somebody and get their perspective of something, and that might be a tried and tested perspective for that individual. It might not work for you, and there's nothing wrong with going. You know, this is not working for me. I'm gonna have to go and like I've trained with I've trained with a with a Thai boxing coach that was a very similar build and moved very very similarly to me. 
And his style was just, it was just so easy for me to pick up. Mm. And then I trained with another Thai boxing coach who was shorter and more powerful and more scrapping and brawling and getting inside. And as much as I wanted that element of my game, it just didn't suit me. Yeah. Fortunately, yeah. I had the other Thai boxing coach to fall back on with all that knowledge that had already worked. Bit, yeah. yeah. Whereas yeah. if I'd have gone into that gym first, I might have just been banging my head against the same wall over and over again. Because like, like what, what for whatever reason, physiologically, it might just not suit me that style. This is a very, this is a little bit of a random uh, <laughs> um, comparison. But for instance, when you're teaching someone to how to squat properly, it depends how long your femurs are. Because some some people just, you know, if you have really long femurs, you are not going to squat the same as someone that's, that's basically got dwarfism, you know. Oh, right, you're yeah. going to squat You're gonna squat a slightly different way. And that's I quite suppose a, the word squat then. Well, they, yeah, <laughs> right. It's quite a reduced way of looking at it, but it's the same principle behind it. My bias is because when a, a fighter is so close and closed into what they're doing, the coaches should be saying, you need to go out. You need to go out. That, that, you know, that is a very comfortable and confident coach that can go, listen, I, I love you. I, I will be here for whenever you need me. Go visit this guy for six months. I think, mm -hmm. I think this guy might have something for you. Yeah. You know, that, that, that's a different level of, of ego controlled coaching. You know, when you, you just, you know where your skill set is and you know where they could benefit from, mm -hmm. from people going. Yeah. Tough, tough. It's you, a difficult you, thing you're to not meet many sure. coaches like that. No. Because it's, you know. No. Especially not when they've got a UFC fighter that they yeah. might be handing off to a different gym. But, yeah. uh, you know, I, I get it, but. It yeah. also doesn't look good on that coach if they've got the fighter that, you know, is consistently losing the same ways. In, in similar patterns. Yeah. 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 Well, let's get on to the main card. <sighs> Dariush is streaking again, He's, isn't he? Yeah. It was a very it was a very safe performance from him though. Like the like yeah. after the conversation we were having about intention, and I've just written a piece for for Lessons of War on intention as well. Like when you're watching that fight, there were certain moments in it, and I'm like, hang on a minute what what's his intention in this moment is his intention to to pass the guard to land heavy strikes to to try and instigate a conclusion or is he at the moment just trying to get through this next 30 mm. seconds and there was a yeah. few of those moments in there and and like the the thing is with with diego he's got all the skills and all the ability and over five rounds that might be a different fight yeah i've, I've fought I've, twice I've, now i noted down that i'm not sure whether there would be conclusions to this fight if you did it over 10 rounds the the way they were fighting it would just seem to be every single round yeah. would be very very similar until one of them one of their gas tanks gave up maybe i i just i just kind of i kind of feel i mean i'm, I'm gonna go back and watch it one more time but i i kind of feel like over five rounds for him might start to come on mm. strong because it, it, and it, and it's similar. It's similar to what Gilbert Burns has to do to Usman. He has to keep him working and keep him moving. Mm. But the benefit in then in that is that he doesn't have to get through. You know, he doesn't have to work hard enough to make three rounds work. He's got five rounds to work. Yeah. Which, an additional ten minutes. It's a lot. It's massive. Yeah. I, I I would be interesting to watch that over five rounds, mm. and I wouldn't be surprised. I don't. I just hope neither of them lose their momentum. Because yeah, Benil Dariush absolutely needs needs a, a bigger opponent next. But Fahea's right up there as well. Mm. Like you look at the guys he's losing to, and he's and he's not losing. Like was it was it Poirier knocked him out, but then everybody else was beaten by decision. Yeah. Or or rather, Dariush is beaten by decision twice. I, like first one was unanimous, and it was you could see, but I could see improvements in in Diego this time around. But also that is a little bit of a chaotic style, which over 15 minutes can be fire blanketed a little bit. Yeah. But you, you, you're going to get caught with that extra 10 minutes. Yeah. You're going to get caught out, aren't you? Yeah. If you start, yeah. Especially if you start to get tired. And there were moments where Darius was 
kind of yeah. hanging on. And I know that it, it doesn't make sense for Oliveira, but I would love to see uh, Fajaya against Charles Oliveira. Yeah. As like a like an all Brazilian. Dariush was fired up afterwards, saying that he, he, you know people don't want to fight him and they don't see it as a it's a sort of a lose lose if you agree to fight him. You should yeah. beat him and you don't get any credit if you do. And you know, but he is dangerous. Yeah, he was he was a bit fired up, wasn't he? Yeah. Just to see what they do with him next. He is. I mean, the problem is that he's not. He's never animated. Yeah. There's never anything. There's never yeah. anything that he's. He's always kind of. You know, <laughs> yeah. and he's never like. <laughs> Like, motherfucker, I need some fights. I need some higher-ranked opponents. I yeah. need some respect on my name. Yeah. But that's the thing with respect, right, is no one gives it to you. You have to go no. out and get it. Like, Musasi got to that point. Like, yeah. Musasi got to a point where he was getting really frustrated. And then he had this one golden press conference before he went over to a different organization where he was just, like, just trashing everybody. He's like, people must be stupid. <laughs> people must be stupid. Yeah, yeah. Right, it'd be, it'd be fun to see rankings. what they do with Darius next. Yeah, he's probably earned a, probably a name, hasn't he? He's got to. I he's mean, got he's, to been, be he's been lingering for a while, hasn't he? I'm just going to pull the rankings up. Um, they've not been updated until tomorrow, I believe. Right. But we'll have a look where they are anyway, and can we can speculate? Um, so where is it? They always talk about cookies and never deliver any of these websites. <laughs> um. So where is he? Where is he? So for here, for here is at ten. And Dariush is at 13, but obviously yeah. he's going to move a little up. Bit, yeah. Like Dariush against against Hooker would be a good fight. Dariush RDA would be a good fight. I like Dariush Hooker. Mm. But we, that's not a bad way back in for Hooker as well. That's not a that's not a fight that's going to go the same way necessarily, is it? It's not someone that's going to club him to death. Yeah. With, with it's going to be a technical power. That's going to be a technical yeah. one. That makes sense. Yeah. I think that'd be a good fight. I think that makes sense. Darius, I mean, you know, aside from that, he's looking to up towards the top of the division and most of these guys are just not going to open the door. I mean, nah. you might be able to get get Tony Ferguson in there with Darius, but he he knows that a Conor McGregor fight is still available for him. Like he's, like people aren't going to open the door to Darius if they see other opportunities. No, which, which, is, which is reaffirming what he was sort of saying. Is, yeah. You know, he's not yeah. stupid. He understands that he's high risk and low reward. Yeah. Um, but you do yeah. get caught in this in, in this in this kind of range of in, in the rankings. Like you, you can look around, like Anthony Smith kind of got to this stage as well, where he's like, he, well, I mean, he obviously got to a title shot, but there are a lot of guys that get like a part way up the, up the rankings and then they just keep banging their head on the ceiling. Cowboy is a good example. Mm. You know, they keep banging their head on the on the on the ceiling, and they can't get any further. And they're the guys that open the door for the for the low, guys lower down. Yeah. Like if, like Dan Hooker might be in a position where he has to now open the door to someone lower rank because he's because of his of his record of recent. That, that probably makes the most sense. Felder's not gonna Felder's not gonna fight him, is he? Felder's not stepping back in unless it's a fight that's yeah. worth doing. Yeah. I like and he's Quinter. in wicked shape at the moment. Felder is. is. He? He's training for that triathlon. He's, <laughs> he had a bike in his room in Fight Island. Beautiful. Yeah. I had a guitar, so it kind of balanced, same same. You know, same same. Both training. I got sore fingers from it. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, Manel, uh, Manel Cap. Yeah, that was a fun was fight. Look, he sort of looked good. He did. He did. I mean, I mean, I love it wasn't him. a good fight for him to come into the UFC on because Pantoja is a bit wild and, and very tough and durable anyway and skilled everywhere. Yeah. Like Cap looked better than I thought he would. I thought he might he might freeze up a bit given the fact that it's UFC and I know he's fought in Rising, but like. Rising's a massive event, 
but UFC has been established for so long yeah. that people have dreamt about it for a long time. It's like, that it's the, you know it's the big show for a reason. Exactly. Yeah. You know, there's a lot that comes with that. Mm-hmm. I thought he was in some respects he was a little bit unlucky because he seemed a lot more efficient with what he was doing, but then Pan- Pantoja just appeared to be doing a lot more. Yeah. I, I actually looked at the strikes landing, but I wouldn't imagine there was a massive difference between the two things between the two fights really. I'll see if there are. I mean, like my overall feeling was that Pantoja controlled the space mm. better. But that's that's aggression alone, anyway. You know, he's, he's that's just his kind of preset. I think if you if you come in on your first Dude, fight, no, the stats are, are, are way different. Oh, I really? Mean, yeah. So we've got, and this is this is significant. Well, there's not a great deal of difference between between the significant or total. Significant strikes: seventy four of one hundred and forty nine for Pantoja and forty nine of ninety one for Cape for Cap. Cap. Two of seven takedowns and none of one attempt for Pantoja, but. Yeah, yeah, so it's it's pretty close, right? Yeah. And if if you come that, in, how are they divided? first first fight in the UFC against a legit contender, and you perform like that, and you know you come off worse, but you've got a future in that division. Mm-hmm. He's going to cause some problems, right? Yeah, you know, there's some people that are going to struggle to deal with him. Well, you know, given the very fact fast. that he was, a, yeah, he's very fast, very very quick. He's he's a good he's a good matchup for other people in that division. There's some really interesting mm. fights in there for him. Good acquisition, yeah, good good, good for everyone really. Yeah. Good for the UFC. Good for Cap, Cape, look how Cap, that's, that's oh. Cap. Yeah, look how yeah. that's divided up. So it, so Pantoja clearly won the first and second round, twenty four strikes to twelve and twenty nine strikes to sixteen, and he got taken down once out of three attempts in the second round. Mm. They both failed to take down the first, but then the third round, uh, Cap landed one more strike at thirty six. So so it was twenty of fifty for Pantoja and twenty one of thirty six. So he was more efficient in that mm. last round. And he got one of three takedowns. So he finished strong, but only had 13 seconds of control. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a win without winning, really, isn't it? Yeah. You, you've done, you've probably, he's probably done himself some some good credit, but, you know, the, the wins that count is winning. He's getting your hand raised, isn't it? I think he's set his level in the division. Yeah. And like, if you look where, so like, if you look where Pantoja is and you say, right, he gave Pantoja a decent scrap. So you could drop him in there against in six, seven, or eight. Yeah. So you're looking Brandon Royville, you're looking Kai Kara France, Matt Schnell would be a fun fight, Tim Elliott would be dynamite because he's very awkward and unusual. And even further down, you know, like the guy, the guys further down, Dvorak, uh, Tyson Nam's a good striker, that'd be fun. There's a lot of good fights in this division for him, but to drop him in there against someone like Kai Kara France who's coming off that loss to mm. Brandon Royville, that's a hell yeah. of a scrap. That's fun. It's a lot of fun. Right, you got three minutes to get through the co-main and main. Go on then. What do you want to talk about? Um, my boy just he did his thing, didn't he? You talk about Corey. Corey's Corey's. What about Guido? He's a maniac. Oh okay, yeah, Corey. yeah, yeah. No. I missed that. Corey, like, but Corey's in a funny position, right? So he's, yeah. you know, he's obviously lost to um, Sterling, who's in who's in position for the title fight. Yeah. Would you run that back again and give the winner? And then, but but Al Jermaine is going to be like, hold on a minute, I subbed him in the first round. Yeah, I'm not well, going, Sterling's I'm not going there, through that isn't again. It? Sterling's got the title yeah. fight. The question so he's is, just going to wait for the wait for the winner of that. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, it, it does him a lot. It does Sanhagen a lot of favors if Sterling wins because that's the obvious, that's the obvious immediate rematch. Given yeah. the fact that Corey, I mean, that's a given, right? If he if he wins that, away. surely goes yeah. straight in there. It makes sense. Peter Yan looks like he might try and hold out for Dillashaw, but that's a name fight, you know. That's mm. that's the reason why. Fight, you want yeah. that. It's 
it's, yeah. it's easier to market. But then with the knockouts that Corey Sandhagen's landing, he, if he keeps creating noise, and his eyes were wild in the post-fight interview mm, when he was talking fire, to DC. Coming for people, fire, isn't he? Yeah. I like him. He's good, man. It was rough to see Frankie get knocked out like that, but it, it wasn't. Like we like we like Jan, right? We, like we, we rate him really highly, mm. but Corey's going to cause him some trouble. Yeah. He's a lot different body type to him. You know, he's he's awkward and long and highly skilled in a lot of areas. That that top of that division is. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sanigan's got good stance switching under pressure as well, which is what uh, Peter Yan does. And, and Yan's not got a high workout, a high work rate. Mm. He's got a strong presence, which is what makes it feel like he's doing a mm. lot. But I just don't think he's going to get that same kind of respect from Sanhagen. Plus, he knows he can see his way through through rough early rounds if he needs to. I think it's a hell of a fight. Man, plenty, of, plenty of fun to be had up yeah. there. No. I mean, you know, yeah. we can't discount the fact that Sterling's in there, but... I mean, Sterling could catch Jan with something, something clean. He's so quick. He's so explosive. He's got great grappling scrambles. I just kind of feel like Jan's... Jan's he's very great considered, Jan, isn't he? Yeah. He's very, like, very hard to ruffle him with pressure uh-huh. or make him do stuff he doesn't necessarily want to do. He's very calculated. Yeah. And he does. Yeah. Yeah. It's like like Lomachenko, but Lomachenko's got like a like there's a there's a cockiness and a flair to Lomachenko, or at least what we've seen so far in his career. Whereas Jan's just business. It's stoic and yeah. he's just like I remember get him telling a good done. story about he was Is he a master of sports in boxing? Yeah. Yeah. So like to get a, to get a master of sports in boxing, you have to have about 150 amateur fights. Like you, like you have to go through the ringer to get to that stage. But it was some kind of championship he was talking about, and he was he was like favorite to win gold in this in this whatever it was European international championship, and got into a fight the night before and broke both of his hands. <laughs> Still showed up to compete, but they won't let him fight. Nice, but uh, yeah, he's he's he's. He's old for his age. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. You know seasoned. what I mean? He's got, yeah, season. <clears throat> we talk about like, if you want to be elite in your sport, you need a PhD in your sport. He's literally got a master's in his sport. He's well on the way to his yeah. PhD. I wish we had that over in the UK. Yeah. I wish we had that over here. Like you could, you could gain a, a master's level. I mean, you, you can obviously if you're, uh, you know, yeah. if, if you're not, studying, but it's not yeah, the same, not in it? Not in actual competition no. though, can you? No. Yeah. No. Yeah, they're the last one. Volkov is just... He's a big, imposing man, isn't he? Who you just yeah. when he he hits hard, and you can see he hits hard. And, and really I, hard. I think that's it as well. I think I think it's I think it's his physical size, yeah. especially in the apex. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, know? right. Especially 25. in the apex, it's a small it's a small octagon. It's not a huge space, and I just, I mean, he's a he's a big dude. Like you stand in front of Stefan Struve, and you're like, he's he's tall. Like there's a lot to him. You know, he's a he's a big, tall, yeah. rangy guy. But he's th- he's he's thick too, yeah, isn't he? Is. Like he's not just he's not like he's got big, a legs. classic sort of string bean type mm-hmm. thing. He's a thick, thick, giant human. Yes, he is. Yeah. No, thank you. Yeah, I I just it just seemed to me like over him had one clear plan, which was to move Southpaw and then keep darting across the center yeah. line and trying to throw that straight left. And he had like he had like three narratives that he could play off that. It was either dart in and hit and then circle off back to Orthodox and then Southpaw again. Dart in and clinch a knee with his uh with his opposite side, or dart in and throw the right uh, throw the left hand and then go into like a trip. He tried all three of them at different occasions yeah. in the fight and none of them worked. And the point in the first round where he got I'm gonna break it down, which is why it's fresh in my brain. 
The point where he got knocked down in the first round was because Volkov had figured out that movement pattern that he kept repeating over and over again. He's a very, very intelligent fighter. Mm. He read he read over him so well. One of the commentators said, punches like that will turn you into an NCAA wrestler real quick. <laughs> <laughs> it must yeah. have, I, can't, I can't remember which one it was, but yeah. yeah. He, um, he did a good job, right? He did. Yeah, he did. It's a dangerous opponent for him. And what I think we said on the, on the, on the show the other week is that it's almost a pivotal moment for him because if he loses that fight, he's back down in the bottom end of that division, which is tough and thankless, really. But now he's elevating himself up to putting himself in a bit of contention, isn't he? Yeah. It's going to be a yeah. handful. He is, absolutely. It's, no doubt. It's, you've, you've got to have fight-changing power to to really cause him issues like we saw mm. with Derek Lewis because otherwise he can just back you up and outpoint you. Yeah. And he's smart enough to not do it at, at great risk. Like, where, so where is he right now? So Volkov, so he just beat over him. So they probably switch places and he'll he'll move up to six. Uh, he'll move up to five from six. But then you've got Blades Lewis this weekend. You know, I mean, they, they could quite easily change positions. Um, Like Derek Lewis could catch Blades because, I mean, you know, Blades is, Blades is an excellent wrestler, but he does have to close distance and that's been problematic for him against Ngannou. Like Lewis could quite easily replicate that. He's a very yeah. tough, durable individual. He gets up with heavyweights clamped onto him, stands up like it's nothing. <laughs> so, like, I mean, you know, Derek Lewis might surprise everybody this weekend. If 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 he does, then you know that's a that's a, a rematch that you could argue for Volkov to get him into title contention immediately. Mm. Whereas, who else? I mean, oh. Rosenstruck could be a really good technical kickboxing match. And then you've got Stipe against uh, against Ngannou right up at the top of the tree, ready for the belt. When you, right go, when there, you go through it? these rankings and the top, you know, the top eight or nine, each of these weight categories, it's just, you know, the future is so bright, isn't it? Yeah. We've got some fun stuff coming up. Yeah. I mean, it, the, the fight makes sense is is the winner of the, the Blades-Lewis one because mm. there is two losses in the UFC. Yeah, I'm excited. Either way, I enjoyed it. Yeah. I enjoyed either way, he's going to want to. He, yeah. he's going to want to revenge that, isn't he? Definitely. Avenge that. Sorry. Should right, we cross over there? Yeah, it's 23 we, minutes. We two, we're over already. Let me check. We're still recording. <laughs> Check we're still recording. Yes, we are. What are we at? Two, five, okay. Eight. I'll have the raps. Nice. UFC picks for sure. Brought to you by UFC Picks app. Beautiful. Which is ready to go this time around. Yeah, so check this out. On the just uh, level it up a little bit. Sorry about that. And we opened it up and you went, oh no, they've put the early prelims on. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't, I wasn't informed that we were doing the early prelims. Mate, they, we'll they're, like veter they're, they're like veterans on these prelims. Okay, I'm the, I'm the fat controller right. today. I've got, the, uh, I've got the iPad. So I can, uh, I will guide us through this. You it's can nice, navigate, navigate our way. Oh, yeah, it's man. nice, isn't it? There we go. Get if you've not got this app, go and get it because it's a lot of fun. It's really interesting. And I, you did really well this week Mate, with the. Full if you get the app, go and have a look at the leaderboards because uh, we're in a healthy spot right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and we're going to get all the money that we're win. We're going to gather it up and do something cool mm. with it, aren't we? We're going to yeah. do something charitable with yeah, it. We'll I've got a few ideas. We'll find something selfless to do with that. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, okay, for sure. Let's have a chat about this first fight. Gillian. And, and don't call her Gillian Anderson because I've made that mistake too many times. <laughs> Gillian Robertson against Miranda Maverick. It's, this is a banger to open the card up. Like Maverick really impressed me in Fight Island when she fought Jojua. She's she's calculated. She's intelligent. She's 
she's vicious with her striking, elbows and knees. She's got good Muay Thai. Um, and it's it's the same story as Max Holloway. She got an injury, an eye injury, and she had to stop sparring entirely. Right. So now she doesn't spar in training camps. They specifically pick who she works with. She rehearses yeah, things. Okay. She goes through things. She works her time in, pad work, etc. It's funny off the off the back of that max thing. I was thinking, how many like twenty something year olds are like, oh, I don't do sparring anymore. Yeah. But, whoa, whoa, whoa! Hold on a minute. <laughs> <laughs> He's had years of sparring yeah. to get him to the point where he can pick and choose whether he does sparring or not. Exactly. Don't just write off sparring. That's as close. You know, that's the most transfer you're going to get from training to, to competition. Yeah. Just be careful about who, <laughs> which way you about go who on you're that. working with. Right. Yeah. That's that's it's just being smart about it, but. I mean, you know, it's not like she's not doing any any physical contact training. She's just she's just not sparring with people that are going to maybe injure her when she's not getting getting paid to fight. Yeah. Um, and that's a mentality of some of the old gyms. You know, like I've I've been in some of the best gyms in the world. I've been in one of the best gyms in the world, watching two UFC fighters spar with ten ounce gloves on, and the coach nudged me and went, "Another one for sure, dog." Yeah, right. Like that's your responsibility to stop them acting like that and like like raise them both up to be good instead of filtering out which one's got best potential. Yeah. Cuz you're going to damage yeah. them both in the process. M- maximize the individual, not not for the, not in spite of your training. You you know, a lot of the times people succeed in spite of their training because they happen to be gifted or driven or or something like that, but that that's not coaching. No. Co- coaching is creating an environment everyone can thrive and flourish the guys that are destined to be the best become the best and everyone is maximizing their their um capabilities you know yeah that's the true true sort of test of whether you, when you've got a, a team right is mm-hmm. everyone is as good as they can be yeah not at the detriment of some some others for sure for sure so my rundown of this one assuming that Miranda Maverick is having the same kind of training camp that she had before which was a very cerebral one is she's going to know that Jillian is uncomfortable unless she's on the ground mm. and will even choose to be in bad positions on the ground to be to be uncomfortable there instead of being uncomfortable on the feet yeah D- take a dis- disadvantageous position on the ground just because you're more comfortable there and work your way to something yeah. advantageous yeah yeah i mean it's a bit of a ends up being a bit of a classic right if Jillian can get to the floor you know, that's clearly a path to victory. Mm-hmm. Can she do it? Ma- Maverick's Maverick's got a decent ground game, though, if I remember right. In fact, it might be on my... I can't pull it up to my nose. I'm sure Miranda Maverick's got... She's graded as well, though. Like right. she, It's not like she's not... It's not like she's just... Uh, she's she's like a blue belt on the ground. I think she may be a brown belt or something. She's got a decent... She's got a decent... Uh, decent school in everywhere. But she's also like a very physically imposing fighter as well. She's in great condition. Yeah, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu brown. Belt. Yeah, it's all in there. It's all in there somewhere. Yeah, and the house. And you got there quickly, time. quicker than I could get there on uh, on Google. <laughs> so, um, you know, four fight win streak. She had. Uh, she's got a win over Pearl Gonzalez, who's a UFC vet, and that's a that's a three round unanimous decision performance of the night in Invicta. Mm. Um, she won the Invicta uh, flyweight tournament with a, a, a submission over Deanna Bennett, who's another UFC veteran. Like, I, I think we need to keep an eye on her. She, she's, she, what is it, PhD? PhD student, Old Dominion, studying industrial psychology. Okay. I don't okay. know what that you would think even you, be. You, yeah, I, I don't understand the industrial part of that one. <laughs> okay, all right. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you what, I know you're not making picks, but guided by your uh, 
your knowledge on this particular fight will lock in uh, will lock in the Maverick. Okay. I mean, I'm I'm not saying that Jillian's not she's not a lethal fighter, but she she has to get the fighter in fight into her range in order for it to be. Mm you know, a comfortable night. And I still don't think it's a comfortable night, even if she is grappling. Yeah, yeah. Like, but but I just, I think Maverick comes in this, you know, she's coming from a Muay Thai school. She's got a brown belt Brazilian jiu-jitsu. So she's, she at the very least knows how to reverse engineer what's being thrown at her. And just physically, she's very imposing. And I, I mean, she's got some deltoids on yeah. her. Like, I, I just think, you know, if you're locked up with her, she's going to be able to like lift you and shook you off. And if she's managing her training the way that she is, she's most likely doing the same thing with her conditioning, which means that she's not coming in burnt out. She's going to be fresh and strong. And, mm. and Jillian's like up and down at the moment. She's just, she's not in a great place consistently. You know? So it's just that that is the place five. you want to be, isn't it? If you can find consistency in, in your routines, like we are products of our routines. Yeah. If you can find consistently consistency in that, and then start getting consistency in performance, then you just get in that. You're in that flow and you're in that zone. Yeah, yeah. Although you know, if we're looking at patterns, um, Jillian's one two lost one one two lost one one two lost one. So she might be in like to win two here. So fulfill the prophecy. Yeah. Well, that's it. Yeah. Uh, Gabe Green, Phil Rowe. So Phil was contender series. I did a bit of moving around with him actually at the PI. He's like a long range, tall, kind of tricky fighter. He drifts quite nicely from one stance to the next. He's got a few different techniques and mm. tools. Gabe, on the other hand, he's a bit more of a, I'm going to walk you down and, and trade like like boxing range, but he does complement it with a lot of kicks on the way in. Why is Rowe being out is he being like injured or I think is he just get, 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 getting cancelled? I know. I think I think injuries. What's what's the topology? Because he was he was contender series right, and then he had his debut cancelled a couple of times. Yeah, I, I I just I think it was injuries. I think he's been out right. for a while due to injuries. I know he's been around the PI a lot, and I think that's probably because he was doing physical therapy there mm. at the. Uh, yeah, he's had three cancelled bouts according to this. So March. April and then August, all three have been cancelled. Mm. Any withdrew. Frustrating time. Event cancelled due to coronavirus was the middle one. So he withdrew from the first one. Coronavirus uh, cancelled the other one, and then he withdrew from the the August. So he's yeah, he must be pretty frustrated, right? Yeah, very. Maybe uh, maybe Gay will get the brunt of those frustrations. Mm-hmm. And and he's he he's good at playing the long game as well. Like he's not. He had, he had a he had a rough first round. Uh, who was it he fought? Was it, um, in his last fight, he had a rough first round. He stopped the guy in that Leon Shabazian, like got dropped in the first round, got hurt, got chased yeah. down, and was able to get out of that first round and then finished him in the in the third. Um, it might be that kind of fight with Gabe because he looks like physically he looks like he, pa- he packs a lot of power, mm. and like I said, he's like as he's walking down. He's he's he looks like a boxer as he's walking into range, but then he starts throwing like kicks after kicks after kicks. If you've got a long range guy that's that's got long stance and he's backing up and circling away all the time, sometimes just the intention of kicking their legs and their body is yeah. enough to keep them backing up, and then you work, walk your way into into punching range. Um, I think we'll go with we'll go with Gabe. I think some Rennick chokes on his record as well. Yeah, that's one, two, three. He's I mean, nine and three and seven and two, aren't record. they? Yeah, P- relatively similar. More than fifty percent of his wins by Rennick and Choke. Mm-hmm. And his UFC debut was the first time he's been the distance. There's another little fact for you as well. 
So if I'm if I'm Roe coming into this, I'm playing the long game with yeah. this one. Yeah, take your time. Yeah. Whereas yeah. if I'm is if I'm Gabe, I'm trying to close him down, kick him up as much as I can, keep him up against the fence, box him up, level change, slam him to the floor, take his back, choke him. Six re-naked chokes in a, like in, on a record. You should do game plans, right? <laughs> you should analyze things and do game maybe, plans. Maybe, maybe. Let's, um, let's go with Gabe. Let's go with Gabe Green. Okay. Yeah, we'll put him in. We'll lock him in. I can't believe this one's on the early prelims. Ricky Simone against Brian Kelleher. So, so Ricky Simone's a good wrestler. He's got good basics, good nice clean striking skills, good clean boxing combinations. Stays covered. You know, it's a very very fundamentally sound style. Hammers low kicks in really really powerfully to the lead leg. And he's got, as I said, great wrestling to back it up. Kelleher's a killer with guillotines. Right. Like he's like, he, it doesn't even look like he's got the guillotine. And then all of a sudden his opponent's tapping. Like, I'm sure he, his last fight was a guillotine. It was, it was seconds. It wasn't a very long fight. He's got a wicked squeeze, but then his striking's a bit unorthodox as well. His hands are a bit down sometimes and he, co- he covers angles and darts in and comes over the top. Um, I think this one's going to be dynamite, and it, it's probably going to be a striking match, given the fact that Simone's wrestling's going to stop Kelleher grappling and Kelleher's guillotines. Yeah, he's fought some names in there as well. Yeah, yeah, Kelleher's tough. Yeah, he's he's a he's a, an underestimated fighter in this division. Thirty-four, good seasoned. Yeah, good seasoned career. Win over Alcantara. Morao, Julio Arce, two wins over Julio Arce. Lineker, you know, he's not not won against all these big names, but he's still been in there and and faced it, hasn't he? Mm -hmm. And that, yeah, that Ray Rodriguez, I'm sure that was a short, short notice opponent. And he just, the kid level changed into him against the fence and he just wrapped him and just sat straight to a guillotine and finished it. And he was tapping quick as well. Tight. Yeah. yeah, I mean, look, I'm going to sort of roll the dice on this. I'm not really too sure. Um, let's go with experience. Oh, yeah, Keller. Yeah, we'll go nice. with experience. Lock Keller in, see what happens. Nice. You think that should be further up the up the card? I think it should, think yeah, for sure. Worthy of uh, prelims? I think so. Yeah. Although although the the reason it might be there on that card is because the early prelims get seen on like normal TV in a lot of, in a lot of places. So they kind of they kind of main event each Tactical, card, yeah. like yeah, look yeah, at the prelims. Right. Like you've got Bob, uh, you've got Bobby Green, uh, Jim Miller as the main event. Of, so like two familiar names that are going to throw down. It's going to be a good scrap. They've done the same thing with that one. I think Ricky Simone is going to have a different a power difference. I mean, just look physically at the two mm, of the yeah, guys as well. Right. I think I think physically he's going to have a, a power difference, and that that might be problematic for Kelleher. It, it's it's a it's a good fight. It really is a coin toss. I couldn't sway either way, to be honest. Yeah, go on. Lock him in. Ricky Brian Kelleher. Ricky. Let's go. Okay, prelims. Yeah. The, the, you know, I feel like we've said this every single time we've been on here, but you could sleep on some of these fights. You could it's sleep good. on half of this card mm-hmm. and think, oh, you know, it's not that it's not that big a card. But if you go through them, these are, these are exciting fights. Yeah. Really exciting fights. Yeah, they are. Um, so we've got Viana versus Martin, right? Mm-hmm. Veronica nearly took... Uh, Viana's arm home with yeah, her clean off she did nearly took it and off if you were in the arena you could probably hear me, hear me screaming fucking take it home <laughs> <laughs> uh, hell of a win right yeah it was a really to, good to, win she's to a... sob 
for someone of that with yeah. those grappling credentials, mm-hmm. that is um, that's, that's very very that's impressive. A really good win. She, yeah, Vian is good, and and Mallory Martin got a bit of a scare in her UFC debut. With uh, she got caught with a punch that she wasn't expecting from Hannah Cyphers, and Cyphers is she's kind of awkward and she's a kind of little little yeah. rocket, isn't she? Yeah, she she's is. got really awkward. But she catches though. people. Yeah. She doesn't yeah. seem like she doesn't seem like she's a, a technician of striking, Mm-mm. but she seems to always catch people in a fight. Yeah. She must just do it through power or a bit of timing or whatever. She um, Mallory got dropped hard didn't she mm. you know she could have found a way out of that fight she yeah. didn't she came, she came back to win that and she was reeling for a while as well i mean it wasn't like she was just dropped and then she was back in yeah. the fight like she was recovering for a while even to the point where she pulled guard at one point like uh, when you pull guard you know you know that you you know that you're, you're right uh, janderoba put her in some horrible mm. positions mm. and she just kept working and work work through that um yeah yeah i quite yeah i quite I quite like she's she's very very athletic and she has a certain you know I always I always come back to it she has a certain flow um, of her movements that, that that makes her look um, very very good I don't feel like she's great at anything mm. she's just good at everything yeah but she doesn't have an X factor she doesn't have a point of difference necessarily I, I can't really see her challenging anyone in that top ten. Um, but she's just a good all rounder and that might be the level she's at and she's gonna you know elevate as she goes but. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she's got she's got a uh, like the the way she, the way she moves is very comfortable. And if mm. you watch if you watch the fight against Hannah Cyphers, although Cyphers does land the big punch and drops her, like it's quite clear that that Mallory Martin's got better movement, better footwork. Like she's she's but getting dropped was the surprise bit of that fight. Yeah, right? you're it was, thinking, yeah. oh, she's in control here. You can you can just see she's moving really nicely, and then she gets dropped, and mm-hmm. oh, wow, right, okay, yeah. I mean, maybe she, maybe she's not aware why she's moving, but mm. but the way she's moving looks looks good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that is maybe, maybe yeah. that was it. Uh, and then, but it's so awkward po- movement po- again. Pollyanna, it's, what's his name? Keith Jardine movement. Hannah <laughs> Cyphers has got a Keith Jardine. Yeah, movement. yeah. Awkward enough to hurt you. Yeah. Um, I mean, Viana's not not there, right? She's awkward. Yeah, she is. But quite, but relatively effective. She mm-hmm. doesn't move ahead off the midline particularly well which makes me think maybe maybe Mallory can catch her um yeah but she will scrap yeah I mean she she will scrap she's only the only time she's lost is by armbar and the other times have been decisions and and I mean Hannah Cyphers is is tough JJ mm. Aldrich is tough and she you know she took though both of those the distance um even though she picked up a loss but there's, there's no doubt her game is on the ground mm. there's no doubt at all I, I just I wonder whether I wonder whether Mallory's like physically going to be stronger though and able to because she I mean she looks more sturdily built yeah like she yeah. like Viana looks like she would be flexible she'd look like she'd be a handful on the she ground long, and, yeah 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 whereas whereas Mallory looks like she'd be able to just grab you and just pin you up against the fence and yeah, hold you just, there until she's cleared her head yeah, yeah. That, I mean that, that was the point of difference between her and, and Hannah Cyphers is I felt like Cyphers looked stronger than her and I think that's why she looked like she was kind of throwing her around a bit when she was robbed. Mm. Whereas I, I don't know as Viana could throw her around like that. No. She could definitely snag her in a submission like an armbar that she got against Whitmire or, you know, take her back. She's got a bunch of rear naked chokes on her record as well. But like, look at that. Like she's got one, two, three, four. She's got five armbar wins out of 11, out of 11 fights. And then the rest of the, the rest of her submissions are all rear naked chokes. Of which there are what three, two. But she's gonna she's gonna have to get Mallory to the to the floor. You know yeah. she's gonna have to get her down there. That's the the, you know that's that's the roadblock you get to with these these guys and girls who are elite level 
a jiu-jitsu practitioner is you still have to get them to the floor yeah yeah we, then, you, you know, know interesting you know if she's aggressive if she fight punches away into the clinch and she catches martin then it she might find herself being taken down that might mm. work, work quite well to her to her advantage yeah yeah i'm gonna go with i'm gonna go with mallory martin oh yeah yeah I felt yeah. like you might have changed your mind. No, you, you, were, you were swaying me a little bit. Was like, I, yeah. yeah, a little bit. Okay. I don't like to admit that normally. <laughs> I'll, uh, okay. Yeah, lock, lock, um, lock Mallory in. It's like, a, yeah, I think she'll be good. This is another fighter that's been out for ages. Diego Lima has been out for a long time. Like His last fight was 2019, October 16 6th. 16 months. Yeah. That's Melbourne, a Australia. long, long time, isn't mm. it? And look at that as well. He's got two split decision losses in his last two fights. One to Court yeah. McGee, one to Luke Jamo. And the other thing I will say is Bilal Muhammad. he's been more active. He's always underestimated. And he's been fighting guys that are taller than him almost all of his career. Yeah. I mean, he's 5'10 as a welterweight, which is not massive. I really, really enjoy it. I think I might have messaged you as I yeah. was researching Bilal. I really enjoyed watching him. Yeah. He is tough. He, he was completely outgunned by uh, Curtis Millinder mm -hmm. physically for speed, probably for strength, for athleticism, completely outgunned. And he did not care about it at all. Did, did not care about it. Fought technically with loads of like dogging him. Uh, yeah, he, he sort of won me over with that. Um, but look at the guys he's fought though. It's almost like they're trying to convince him to go down a weight class. <laughs> he's fought Randy Brown, who's six foot three. He fought, what's Jordan Meehan? Jordan Means six foot. Tim Means is six two at least. Yeah, six two. Chance Rencount's got to be over six foot as well. Six two. Bilal is a badass. He is. He is a badass. I just love the fact that, I mean, what's Millen do? He's six three, six yeah. two. Like all of the guys he's fought, Sato even, oh, I know he's 5'10, Sato, that surprised me. But then Lyman Good as well, he's another six footer, isn't he? Yeah. Like he's been fighting big, tall, rangy guys. It's kind of his thing to get inside and rough them up. Yeah, I, and like Lima not being in there for a while, and he's and he's coming off two split decisions. Like this, this, this space in his game yeah. to push him around and bully him. He, the the only thing, as I was watching Diego's going through his sort of the history of his fights, he does definitely seem to have incremented his game. There's, there's some vast improvements in, mm. in 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 you know when he fought the leech, he, the, the leech just seemed to have his number from. The offset, really, but he seemed to have really, really elevated his game. He's whatever he's doing, he's doing it right. Obviously, he's from good stock. He's got some good, uh, he's got some good um, genetics there. With you know, with uh, Douglas Lima's Bellator champ, right? At the yeah, champ. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I believe so. Yeah, um, I just, I think with a with sixteen months out, which is a ridiculous amount of time to have out, and I kind of. Um, you I kind, kind of really think, love Bilal. I, I kind really, of feel yeah. really love Bilal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He just, you know, as I was watching, I was just like, oh yeah, that's it. you know, he's tough through this. And then the next fight, I was like, oh man, he he's really tough through this. He sort of did a number on me. Yeah. And um, yeah, I'm definitely gonna lock in Bilal. I'm uh, I'm keen for him. Okay. I think All he's. Right. Uh, I think he's gonna cause a lot of problems for a lot of people. Yeah, I agree. Oh wait, let me go back. There we go. Yeah. Okay. Vieira against Anthony Hernandez. This this is this is Vieira's fight to shine, in my opinion. Hernandez has got good anacondas, oh. but who compares to Vieira's ground game in the middleweight division, especially now Jacare's not 
He is a seriously decorated grappler. And you know what? The first thing I thought of is when I watched him is... He looks just like you. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Almost, you know, you've took everything I'm working for. (laughs) (laughs) He, uh, He doesn't strike like a grappler. Like, I'm not saying he's an elite level striker just yet, but he doesn't strike like a grappler. If you think about when Damien Meyer first came on the scene, you're like, oh, you strike like a grappler. Yeah, still does. Yeah, still but, still. He, but he's clearly got better, <laughs> yeah, right? He's, yeah, yeah. There's definitely, sure. you know, he's you know, it's hard for him not to with the amount of time he's been in the game. Yeah. But yeah. I didn't feel like the same, I didn't feel the same way as when I, as when I watched um, Vieira. I didn't feel like, oh, he's, you know, he's the only way he can he, he can win this is by getting this to the floor. But mm. God damn! If he does yeah. get it to the floor, you're going to be in some trouble. He's a, he's a monster, and 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 that last fight against uh, Safarov, so it was that March, uh, March of last year. I mean, he's been out what eleven months. Mm. Um, that if that fight had got to the the end of the round, it would have been stopped. Yeah, because he said of the that. Eye. He, even it might have even been stopped before that because his eye swelled up so quickly. Um, and there was something else that stuck out in my mind. Now that's just before I, I I divert, looking at his MMA record, it stands out to me that he's being managed very well. Right. February 2017 made his debut. Then he fought again in August of that year. Then he didn't fight again until March of the next year and then June of that same year. Then he didn't fight again until June of the following year and then August of that year. And now he's now in March of 2020. Good. Like, the gaps between his fights... And because they probably know of ha- of what what kind of prospect they've got with his yeah, grappling credentials, just, just being smart and giving yeah. it, test it, go back and train, go up, back out, have a little test, see where we're at. Did did did, did those interventions we put in place work? Have you incremented your performance? All right, back in the lab. Let's let's keep going. He's gonna be scary dude. Yeah, man. he's gonna be serious. I think seven and zero. Oh. Yeah. The the one thing I will say, which I was gonna divert off it a moment ago, is the fact that he's just. Like the last time he competed was a grappling event, and although he lost to the same guy that he's already been beaten by before, he this time lost by Rene Kachoke. When you're that decorated as a grappler and you actually lose oh, by sub, it's got to it could potentially play a few games in your head. You know, yeah. like this is my bread and butter. This, you know, no one's better at me than this. Especially when your nickname's the Black Belt Hunter, mm. and he just got hunted himself. But yeah, or whether he uh, comp- compartmentalizes that and that's grappling and this is MMA, you know that I would be recommending he did that. I'm yeah. not sure. I'm not sure whether he could do that or not. But it might rattle him, might it? Yeah, it might a little bit. It might a little bit. But you know, I mean, Oscar Pejato, he arm triangled Oscar in the second round, and mm. Oscar's a, a good grappler. Um, and and he, you know, coming through that, that eye injury in the Sapabeg uh, Safarov fight, you know, he's, he's he's tough, he's durable, he's very very well skilled. And I mean, when was that? So that was December 2020. Like, what's he been doing all this time? Mm, training. Yeah. <laughs> the, pro- the the thing he I see for Hernandez is he's very very aggressive, and I think it might play into Vieira's hands a little bit. He's so aggressive, he's gonna you know he's gonna he's gonna close that distance very quickly, and it's whether or not he can control that that he doesn't end up getting tied up. Reaped and took and took down, you know. He's too. He seems like he's too aggressive for his own good in this situation. Mm-hmm. I think that might backfire him a little bit. Yeah. Um, but that, he, you know, he he's a good pro- he's a good prospect in in himself. He, he is. He is. He's had. I mean, he's had like he's had rough fights in the mm. UFC so far, though. He was a bit outmatched with Kevin Holland. You know, I watched that oh, last man. night and that elbow. To yeah. Me. And Kevin just beat him for completely beat him for speed. Yeah. 
he just look he just looks a bit green to me. Mm. I know I know he's got I mean slightly more fights fight experience as far as MMA goes, but a vast amount of difference when it comes to just competition in general. Yeah, and when it comes to physical development. Yeah, <laughs> I just Not think Adolfo Vieira might be able to just just fold yeah. him up into a pillowcase and just throw him over his shoulder and walk <laughs> out. I mean, his nickname yeah. is Fluffy, I suppose. I right, don't make that connection when I was saying it, but. It makes sense now. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just going to come down to range control and whether Hernandez can control himself enough to get his shots off and pick him apart, but I don't see it going that way. Mm. I don't see it going that way at all. I would almost certainly lock in Vieira for this. Yeah. If I'm Hernandez um, and I find myself on the floor or I find myself in a clinch position, I'm working that swollen eye as much <laughs> right. as I can. Because I know yeah. I know it was a while ago that it happened, but this, but damage to that area might swell up again. And like I said... Like if it swells up like that, it's it's the end of the fight. It's yeah. a TKO because he can't see out of it. Yeah. So that's you know, I mean, I, we're talking I'm excited to, to see that. I'd, I, I want to see where Vieira's at. You know, yeah. I want to see where where he's at right now and and whether it gives us a insight into where we think he can go. Yeah, I mean, seven and zero. Oh. Yeah. He's going to start finding himself climbing up the rankings pretty quickly soon, isn't he? Where are we in yes. the middleweight rankings? Like Heinish is uh, just inside the top the top fifteen. And he's got a he's got a big fight coming up, huge. You know, you can see Vieira giving Heinish some problems. Yeah, for sure. I honestly, could see him giving most of those guys in the yeah. rankings problems if he gets into his his range. We need to see more of his striking. Mm. But like, I would but love imagine to see if him these in gaps against... in his competition is he's just out yeah. boxing and tie oh, boxing and dude. like he's like, oh, t- BJJ tick, I've got that. Yeah. Okay, right. Well, I'm just gonna focus on all of this. Like I'd I'd see I'd see him in there against uh, Ahmedov. I'd see him in oh. there against Derek Brunson for sure. Because mm. if you crack Brunson a couple of times, he wants to start wrestling as it is, and he'll wrestle straight into a into a choke. I, I think I think you could throw him up there. I just I don't like I said. He looks like he's being well managed, so they're not going to rush him. These are one. This is one of those. Either. This is one of those tester fights. Is like okay, go do what you're supposed to do here, mm. and we'll move you up the rankings. Yeah, you know. And, yeah. you, and it's just non-negotiable. You got to go out and you got to perform. Yeah, it's like you know, bite-sized progression. You can yeah. see though. You can see that narrative. Go do what you're supposed to do, and we'll reward you afterwards. Yeah, definitely lock him in. Okay. I'm all about him. Main event of the prelims. Look at the records on these two guys: <laughs> 27, 11, and one for Bobby Green. 32 yeah. and 15 for Jim Miller. I just feel like Jim. 2008, so. Jim Miller at UFC 89 in Birmingham. Birmingham. In Birmingham. And he's still here now. And he's still going. Yeah. And Bobby, I mean, Bobby Green's been around for a long time as well. He he's he covered distance a lot quicker though, Bobby Green. Mm. Like, I remember when he was fighting around the California circuit when I was training in Hollywood. And uh like he was he was like, you know, all the events, he was taking fights wherever he could. Just kind of got that attitude and that style that 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 allowed him to kind of dominate that scene a little bit and got his opportunity. Have you got his record up there? Look Bobby how many Green. times he's fought in 2020. You don't see that. You don't see that a lot at the minute. You don't Kevin Holland's record. <laughs> Still an anomaly though. How many times is it? Four, t- four, times, four times in 2020. Nice. He's been busy. Three and one as well. Yeah. All decisions though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All decisions. It's more and more. And then he's lost two decisions before that, and then he won a decision before that, and two. Dude, he, he's he's not been in a fight that hasn't gone the distance since 2016. Yeah. Other than getting knocked out by Dustin, he's had 12 decisions. Win or loss, it's been part of 12 decisions. Jeez. Yeah. That'd be frustrating for me, that would. Yeah, I I like Jim Miller. I 
I've followed him for a long time and I like him and I really liked him when he was sort of in his prime and he was angry and he like hit with some heat, didn't he? Yeah. And you can see that with complete respect, you can see that a time has caught up with him a little bit and he's just not physically, he's not the same as he was. Um, and I, my, as much as I don't really want to pick against him, I, I feel like Bobby Green might just have a bit of speed still left in the tank and just, just beat him to the punch or beat, beat him to whatever he needs to beat him to. Yeah. Um, it would be surprising if this was anything other than a def- decision, bearing in mind probably where Jim Miller's at and Bobby Green's MO is fight to a decision. Mm-hmm. He's obviously very difficult to stop. Um, I, I can see I can see Bobby Green taking a decision here. I, I, I could agree with that. I mean, yeah. decision's the safe bet. Jim Miller could gra- could drown him and, and grind him out, but he would have to use a lot of wrestling to do it. And Bobby Green's very difficult to hold down. Mm. He's got weird footwork, so finding a way in to shoot is difficult. So Miller would have to use his striking to do that. And then the weird angles that Bobby he count- Green comes He's at. a good counter-striker. Right? He is, Bobby yeah, Green, he is, yeah. yeah. Yeah, just just because he's got the intention to fight, it's not like he's like he's technically great. You know what I mean? It's like like his striking's not not clean. Yeah, but I think that actually plays into his advantage, especially with guys it like comes unorthodox. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, because he throws with the intention and he he like swings his arm. So like when one arm's hit and the other arm's creating momentum. Yeah, you know, he's he's a very awkward fighter to deal with. And I think you I think you might be right at this stage. I think he might just be on his toes and picking Jim Miller apart with his jab and. You know, mugging him off and jab mm. stepping in, and you know, a few scrambles from Jim Miller might be able to ground him, but I just don't think he'd be able to hold Bobby Green down. But then, I'll give you a one for instance where Jim Miller wins. He comes out, he slips a punch and grounds Bobby Green immediately. Then in the scramble when they're both dry, because you know Bobby Green don't warm up. <laughs> you know Bobby Green don't. t-shirt off. Yeah, walking. That's it. That's it. N- nudge me when it's fight time. Um, scrambles up his back and chokes him out. Mm. Who did Jim Miller do that? Yeah, to? he's got history, hasn't he? He's got yeah. precedent for that. There was someone he did that to. I'm seeing it playing through in my head and I can't put a face on the fighter. Uh, wait, guillotine, Clay Clear. Like Jim Miller Jason his, his hands are Alex fo- White. Jim Miller and his hands are folded over and, yeah. he, and he's slipping left and right and rolling. Foot. Might get his lead leg eaten up a lot by kicks yeah. as well. But it was the, it was the, child, it was the Alex White fight. Mm. He came out and just just was on him and the fact that he was on his back and dry yeah was a problem tough yeah lock lock bobby green in like i said okay. i particularly want to pick against jim miller he's a much respect for him okay um so now we're yeah, on main Bob, card bobby might beat him we've not really been looking at this this screen i'll do it on the next on the next here we go main card right patolo against marquez another fight that's been out for ages it's ages like, isn't it yeah, so he had that wild, two, like, uh, 2018, that wild fight with Darren Stewart, didn't he? Yeah. When they just basically winged hooked each other and tried to guillotine each other. It's like um, they're coming out of retirement card, this, isn't it? There's loads of loads of people that have been out for a while. But I mean, how do you, yeah, you know, how do you even infer about form or where he's at if you have not fought since 2018? But you know, it's, it's difficult. It's difficult to think. Um, yeah. It's difficult to get a read on where, where he possibly at. You know, you can see he's he doesn't look particularly. Um, his athleticism doesn't look like he's been coached into him. He just he's just a big lump with some good power. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't look like he's been built that way. It looks like yeah. potentially that's that's just who he is. It, a bit of a wild man. Yeah, absolutely. And it, 
there's a there's a difference in in look to it. Like some people look strong. Like he looks like like Dan Strauss. He looks like he's got brawn. Like yeah. you know what I mean? It's yeah, like strong a, man strength. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like yeah. like picking up boulders yeah. and that kind of stuff. He looks like he's got that kind of like farm work strength. That's yeah. his, that's his physique, you know. Yeah, I agree. It's like I agree. Addition, additional bit of body fat, but you can still see that there's a lot, there's a lot, a lot of, of power pulse power underneath it. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Um, and yeah, and yeah, Pitolo. 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 I can't, I can't have you saying it. Okay. No. Okay. Pitolo. Sounds like a Pitolo. instrument. Pitolo. Yeah, I'm just gonna play my Pitolo. <laughs> um, Pitolo. Yeah, look, maybe he's a bit too tough for his own good. I, th- I think if he. Bites down on his gum shield and goes in there and lets Marquez unload on him. He might he might have a bit of a rough night because clearly Marquez has some some serious power. Mm. Um, I think his smart his smarter play would to, obviously to definitely not not let that happen and, and manage his range very very well. Um, came through the contender series right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know he's from Hawaii. He's yep. Hawaii, Good body work. Hawaii. Yeah. Yeah. Who did he drop the? Uh, it was on the contender series. He dropped some of that. Yeah. Sumter. Body repeat body shot wasn't left it? Left up, bang, bang, yeah. bang, bang. Yeah, four or five in a row, and he's, he yeah. just had enough, didn't he? Um, yeah, I mean, like his his last fight was was August against Kasangani, and it was three rounds. So mm-hmm. even though it wasn't a win, it got a good run out. It's been fairly recent. I mean, we fought back to back two fights, and he got Darren Stewart as well. Like he fought three times last year. I mean, he, you know, yeah. he, he he picked up two losses, but he was active and he was busy. I know, but at least you know, at least you're in there. Yeah, yeah. He, he, Sounds, sounds a strange fights, thing to. I don't think he, like oftentimes I'm watching Marquez in fights. I'm like he's doing better than I expected him to here. Mm. Like, I think this might be another one of them. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I do. I don't necessarily That's think if you look at them and where they're at, um, Pitolo should probably win it. But I think I'd go with Marquez as a bit yeah. of a wild card. So 100 submissions. Uh, I'm not. I'm not had a look at these stats on it. I'm not sure how they square up with the. Let me have a look on their records. So what's Patolo got? So seven knockouts and three submissions on his record, but only one okay, only one TKO on in the UFC, which is why that's hundred percent. Right. Whereas yeah. on the flip side you've got um Marquez, who's got um that front choke over Darren Stewart. But then he's also got that that uh, stoppage over Phil Hawes on the Contender Series, mm. and Hawes coming out of Jackson Wink. Everyone was like, "This is the guy. Man. This is the guy." And that was that was tough and durable. And I'm not going away. You right. know what I mean? I can unload more bales of hay off this truck than you can, <laughs> motherfucker. I'm gonna keep banging. Yeah. It was it was one of those kind of performances. I, I think it's an interesting fight. I just it's just difficult to judge where Marquez is because yeah. he's been out for so long. Yeah, I'm gonna wild card it. I'm gonna go with Marquez. He's gonna come back with a bang. Yeah, yeah, and he's gonna uh, farm a strength into death. <laughs> okay, not death to a victory. To victory. Yeah, this is another veteran Ooh. game. Listen, look at this. I think this is my favorite fight on a card. It might be mine. And they're it really running it. it. It's just, I mean, both of these guys kind of occupy similar spaces to one another. And, and similar ninth, spaces right? to yeah. Similar spaces to uh, to the 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 Ricky Simone Brian Kelleher fight lower down the card as well. I mean, this is like if you're looking at game plans, you could basically replicate these game plans. Like Ricky Simone is going to play the same game plan as Jimmy Rivera, and Brian Kelleher has got the same game plan as Pedro Munoz. Like, do you want to wrestle? Because I'm going to guillotine you if you do. Well, but I if you want to stand the... and trade, I'll happy stand yeah. and trade with you. They're almost 
bit it's mirrors. almost the same guys fighting, yeah. almost fighting each other. Even sorry, even even Munoz and Riviera are like so similar. similar. To one and you know they're they're ranked eighth and ninth. Mm-hmm. They fought to a, a, a split decision. They sort of move the same. They sort of wrestle the same. They sort of strike the same. It's it's so um, it's so close. Yeah, it's gonna be. I think it'll be the standout on the card. Mm-hmm. I really do think it was standout on the card. There, um, I still think it's going to be a going to be a three rounder though. Well, I can still see these yeah. guys just just working for three rounds. Yeah, like their their striking styles are very very similar. I'd say I'd say that Munoz has probably got a little bit more firepower in his hands, and I would say that Jimmy Rivera has got more diversity in his kicks. Mm. But also, the way that Jimmy Rivera stitches his combinations together is much more fluid than. Pedro Munoz, because that's that's why he lost against uh, against Frankie Edgar. He was just kind of okay. He's coming, whack! Don't missed him. Okay, he's coming, whack! I ah, missed him. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was like he's they're both. He, they've both lost to Aljamain, right? Yeah, I think they've both lost to Aljamain. Pedro's coming off two losses in a row, so again, we've touched on it before. It's that flip side of whether he needed to be backed into this corner, and this is this is where he gets stuff back on track. Or the anxiety of being two in a row and having to have a third one, you know, you're just not sure who how he reacts to that. Yeah. Um, I mean, you could make a case that the winner is whoever has leveled up in the six years since they since they last fought. Yeah. It was, it was razor thin. Who's done the work? Who, who's gone out there and you know added things to their game that can make the difference? I think I think it might come down to volume, mm. and and I think it might come down to. Because it, you know, probably a fifteen-minute fight. I would say that Rivera throws several strikes instead of throwing single strikes, and I would say that if it does get into a grappling exchanges, that he's going to be the one dictating it. In which case, you're going to get Munoz more likely to jump for guillotines than defend takedowns, mm. which means he might start to get takedowns scored against him as well. I think work rate Jimmy Rivera might do it, and I, and I think that if you look at the records. The, the volume of fights that Jimmy Rivera has got slightly higher as well. So I just again, want to note, I've got Rivera written Have down. you? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So you're not swaying. So I'm going the wrong I was way already, I was already going, going down this route. I'm going the just wrong want way. It, I just want it noted. So then Mate. so then I will say this. So if we look at these stats... Oh, you're flipping it straight back now. <laughs> so if we look at these stats, like if, if, if we're talking about this being a decision, then it does stack up towards Jimmy Rivera. Mm. But Pedro Munoz has got... 15 minutes then to find a way to stop mm. him and he can stop him with strikes or with submissions uh, yeah but so Jimmy Rivera is coming in peppering him bam 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 and Pedro Munoz is crack yeah but do you feel like he's clean rocks him jumps on a guillotine subs him up against yeah. the fence stacks uh, him into the fence I know I, I know that narrative and I know there, there's some instances where I would agree with that narrative that it's just a matter of time you know us having 15 minutes is just giving me more opportunities to find a way of finishing you. Yeah. I don't feel I don't feel like that with with Jimmy right. He could he could finish this. He could land. He he puts some power in some of his combinations and he throws, you know, he throws he punches in bunches. When was the last last time you stopped somebody? Yeah, it might be a while. It was Marcus Brimage in 2015. Yeah, that's a long time, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> it's razor thin. Which right? I, love it. I think it's going to be the yeah. I'm, no, you go, I'm, you're going with Jimmy on Rivera. principle. We'll definitely stick over the with distance. Riviera. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. I cannot see that not being an entertaining fight. Can you? No, no, it'd be a lot of fun. It'd be, it'd it'd be, be beautiful to watch. I'm looking I'm forward very to much that. Looking forward to it. What is it? Oh, eight and nine. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Close next to one another. 
Yeah. They've both they've both jumped at the top of the at the top of the division and banged their head, haven't they? You know, yeah, that's that's where they're at right now. It doesn't mean they can't. Regroup. Yeah, that's always interesting, right? Is how you've you've had a couple of you've had a crack, right? Well, how am I gonna if I if, you know I know I've got to work my way up to getting another crack, but what am I gonna do to make sure this just doesn't repeat itself? Mm-hmm. It's, that's a tough spot to be yeah, in, isn't it? Because you're almost there. You're almost there. What what is the you know? It's going to be small small little little changes to your game that's mm-hmm. going to make that difference. And then the next fight is the opposite to that, where you've got Gastelum who's coming off three losses. So he's the one sliding down the tree and Ian Heinish is standing at the foot of the tree, jumping up, trying to grab his ankles. Yeah. I I don't think we should be under any illusions. This is a big step up. This is a big step up for Heinish. Yeah, Um, it is. I said to you you earlier, I, I love Kelvin for all the wrong reasons. It's just He makes no sense at all. You love him because you're not his coach. And if you were yeah. his coach, you would hate him. Yeah, absolutely. You know what Kelvin likes doing? Eating. Smoking weed, <laughs> eating and fighting. That's what he really likes doing. Really, uh, really likes doing that. And he's not going to let anything get in the way of doing As long as he that. likes Lego, I'm all good. We're, yeah. we're very similar people. If he wasn't professionally fighting, I'm pretty sure he would be smoking weed, eating and fighting. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that's it, what he's doing be, anyway. There'd still be all those three things. He's living life. his truth right now and <laughs> yeah. he's not letting any regulations get in the way yeah. of that. And luckily you won't have to anymore. That's it, there you go. So he'll be... He'll For be, sure. If he know, wasn't fighting professionally, that would that would still be what he was doing. He would just also need a side hustle to make money. Yeah. Which yeah. you definitely have a side hustle as well. Yeah, for sure. Mate, I used to coach um, a player called Thomas Waldrum. He was, he was in New Zealand, from New Zealand incredibly skilled hated training with a passion hated it hated the gym despised the gym and he ate like a child like if i gave my kids 50 quid and said just go to the co-op buy whatever you want that's he that's how he ate yeah that's exactly how he ate and he was just (laughs) incredible at his sport yeah he was incredible like he had a his body looked like a melted candle and <laughs> he just some people are like that though he just, I remember, but he was elite his sport yeah. he was player of the year for two years in a row and he just hated training produced massive amounts of power when you could get him to do it in the gym mm. and he was just like oh, I don't really like it just give me the ball let the play I've been trying too hard and, and been too disciplined over my time I think. Yeah, I, it reminds me of the uh, we watched Dumb and Dumber the other night you know the <laughs> scene where he comes out where he's got like $12 left and he's like, only buy the essentials. And he comes yeah. out and got that massive foam hat on. Exactly. <laughs> no idea. Ate like a child, but was, but, but you know, effectively had a PhD in his sport. And I feel like Gaston's not too far away from that. Yeah. He he does some really, really nice things. That The fight with Izzy, you know, is one of my favourite fights I've ever watched. Yeah, it was spectacular. You know, and he's still a welterweight though. I know, you know, we've, we've got the war room out at the minute for, for Izzy's fight coming up. And you touch on it in there about... Is he trapping you with fakes and just seeing what you're going to do? You know, he flicks that hip a lot, doesn't he? And mm. He just just starts reading it, just starts laying that, you know, putting those crumbs out there and seeing which one you're going to get, which one you're going to pick up. And luckily, I did the way that I happened to watch it. I watched the war room, and then I went back and watched the Gaston fight with, with Izzy. And one of the things I, I saw that uh, Kelvin was doing was not reacting the same way to those feints. So it was not neg- repeating the same. Yeah. Reaction. So he was negating yeah. that uh-huh. trap. Uh-huh. So it was like he would flick his hip and he would react one way. He'd flick his, flick his hip and he'd react another way. And it was just pouring water on that trap. And I thought it was a really smart and um, experienced way of dealing with him. And it sort of started to make sense um, how 
that fight went the way it did because by rights, Izzy should be able to, you know, you would think he would finish that fight. Mm-hmm. You know, he came pretty, you know. Yeah, height, reach, yeah. speed-wise. Came pretty close. Yeah, technical ability. I would say he's probably, I, I mean, I would say Izzy's probably got a better grasp generally on striking than um, than Gastelum, but Gastelum knew enough and he's capable of enough to keep Izzy not overcommitting and getting caught like he did in the first mm. round when, he, when his lip got swelled up. But also, um, like you said, like Gastelum wasn't allowing him to establish any 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 rhythms, any patterns because he wasn't giving the same reaction. Like something else I put in the when I was talking about that in the war room um, was the clip from the the first thirty seconds of the Tory fight. And what I loved about that so much is that Izzy was southpaw, hip faint, got a, got a, a check reaction, noted, switched to orthodox fainted again and got exactly the same reaction right. from the opposite stance. Like he could have then thrown one other thing to break the rhythm and then gone straight back to that faint and punished him for it. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. I love that. <laughs> I enjoyed your, your breakdown. I, I love the insight into that. But but it, re- it really did, it helped me understand. It, it made, actually, it made me value Kelvin more because I was like, oh man, you have, you have, you know, you've, You've done really well here, yeah. Because you could you could have got caught in a lot of traps. Yeah. Um, I mean, he, he was literally walking through, a, running through a market square, getting shot at by a sniper. Yeah. And dodging, he made it. dodging them all. Yeah. 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 That helps that he's got a gigantic head. <laughs> it really a, does help. He's a bit. Well, we were talking about this yesterday. Like, if you took if you took a, I've got one here because I always have, have a toothpick around me. Like, if you <laughs> if you snap that in two and stuck that into the bottom of a chicken nugget, like a McDonald's chicken nugget as well. Branding's got to be important because they're kind of cuboid, aren't they? A little right. bit sponge, SpongeBob. With a little bit of a... <laughs> with a little bit of a... little bit of a waste. Hourglass, a bit of an hourglass in there as well. <laughs> a sloppy hourglass. Yeah. He's just in a rough spot right now, isn't he, Kelvin? Because because he's got those losses in a row, he's had to open the door for someone right at the bottom of the rankings mm. whose confidence is always... It's always high. Is is uh, is Ian Heinrich's confidence? I remember talking to him before one of his fights in Europe, and he was just, "I'm just so happy to be here." I mean, his just, backstory is wild. Yeah, yeah. wild. Yeah, don't transport drugs through customs. No, it's a terrible idea. <laughs> I mean, look, he's he's been in there with people who have some serious power, like Akhmedov is. You know, he's got some serious power. Yep. Um, I'm not sure he's gonna. I, I'm not sure he distributed that power as accurately as Gastelum does, and yeah, as trickily sure. as Gastelum does, maybe. But there's, but he, you know, he's been hit with some serious power. Um, I just think it's a massive step for him, and I can't, I, I can't really necessarily see a way to victory for him. I think. I mean, you never know. You don't know no. with Gastelum, do you? Whether he's coming in super motivated because he's on a bit of a skid or. Or he's just coming in as he always comes in. He's going to do what he do- always does. And if it's good enough, it's good enough. If it's not, it's not. Yeah. I, I, one thing I would say about Gastelum striking, though, is is it even at its laziest version, it's good enough. It's good enough to catch people with a with a good basic skill set mm. like Heinish. Yeah. Like the thing that might do Heinish a disservice is that he's he's good at striking, but he's not great. It would yeah. it would either be better to be great or not that good at all because yeah. then you can have that awkwardness and you know, yeah the, right. Whereas because he kind of follows general movement patterns, and I mean he's an orthodox fighter, isn't he, um, Heinish? Like he's going to follow those. So the, because of the level he's at, he's more predictable because he's doing what he's 
coached to be doing. Yeah. This is what you're supposed to do. It's like the, the the classic thing in in coaching is you have to learn the rules before you're allowed to break them. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Because if you actually watch the elite level strikers, that's not how people are being taught to strike. But they've they've been through that whole process of learning all of the things you're supposed to do. Then they've worked out how you're allowed to break these rules. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I understand what you're saying. He's just not. He's just in that mid zone where he's still doing what he's supposed to be doing. Yeah. Which then, from an opponent point of view, will you understand that? Because you know, yeah, you you, you get those general base techniques. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like G- Gastelum's at the stage where he'll throw a strike when it's not necessarily a conscious decision because the target's there and it's been so rehearsed into uh there it is bang mm. or you know wh- wh- whatever it is whereas Heinish, i think everything that he does he's like i'm gonna do this now this is the combination i'm gonna throw. this is what i'm supposed to do now yeah 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 like you you see like there were, there were a bunch of fighters and i won't, I won't mention the coach or the fighters names because i don't want to i don't want to c- criticize them in any way but you could tell that the, their striking was all off pads. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. And they never ever made the bridge from hitting pads and applying the combinations because they would stand in the stand in the in the octagon in the cage and they go, okay, four uh, A, yeah, beautiful, lovely, flowing, technique. beautiful, yeah, everything perfect. Oftentimes didn't land. Yeah. Sometimes they would be completely out of range before they even started the combination. And oftentimes they would get hit halfway through the combination and still carry on. Yeah. Like not make yeah. any adjustments. Yeah. And it's like that pad conditioning. Like, I mean, the, the experience difference is not that great. Like Gastelum's 16, 6 and with one no contest. I, Heinish is 14 and 3. But then... It's not the same. It's not the it's same. It's not the same. Because the the volume... The, sorry, the, the, the level of people that Gastelum's been Incredible. fighting. Yeah. And there's not that much... To, I mean, Gastelum's normally shorter in height and reach than his opponent. There's only an inch in it in uh, in reach. I think it will knock him out. Height. You reckon Gaston I think will it'll catch him? him out, yeah. I think... I tell you I, what, I that, think... that punch that he landed on Bisping was... It was... it was. It's always it's always been overlooked as one of the best knockouts. Mm. But if you, if you watch the way he does it, the way he pulls himself out of range to allow the punch from Bisping to go, and then he just touches him with his lead hand so yeah. as not to push him out of range. It's just like Draw measuring him, stick... Him in. Yeah, oh, yeah. I'm working a lot with Jimmy Warlord up at the gym at the minute. He's got. Um, Is that why you bruised? Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hence the makeup. Yeah, um, yeah. It's not fun in any way. No. But um, yeah, we're, we're working a lot with um, with one of his prospects. He's he's got there who, who's from boxing, and they're constantly talking about just bringing you through into something, and then mm-hmm. and they're letting that go. It's, I absolutely love being around him at yeah. the minute because his coaching is just elevated beyond recognition and um just it's it's actually a blessing just to be able to sit there and just listen to him and watch him go through this process with this young prospect who's gonna absolutely murder some people when we get him when we get him to that point i can't wait um but yeah they're they're, they're talking about that a lot about the manipulating you don't even realize you're being drawn onto something just whacking you with the with the thing you haven't even seen coming yeah it's beautiful to watch some of my uh some of my studies this week for lessons of war have taken me on to stanley ketchell i was telling you about because he was known for a particular type of footwork that he used where he would shift across the center line and switch stances to throw a powerful rear hand or he'd he'd be in an orthodox stance he'd throw his right out as a way of disguising him stepping forward and then throw a power left yeah. and uh like a lot of people call it the catcher or the catcher shift but 
what was even better about it, which most people never mastered, was that he was good at moving backwards as well. Right. So he would throw a punch as you were moving towards him and then step back. And as you're moving forward, he's planting his back foot and throwing his power mm. punch into the space he's left behind. Beautiful. It, it was it's poetic to watch. Especially when you know you've got Anderson Silver, um, Forrest Griffin. Like, touch him, draw him in, bap, hit him on the way. Bink. In. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's, I, I, a, it's I, the absorb what is useful, as I said in War. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I because of the level of sort of mixed martial arts that I actually can physically uh, do, I just have such a high appreciation of that next level of of understanding. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it's beautiful to watch. I saw a good comment on the channel today. It's like m most of this stuff is just they're just fighting, and like he's giving them credit for all this stuff afterwards. And I'm like, I'm just thinking to myself, like it's the surfer analogy I mentioned the other day, mate. Like if, like just like if you're watching something and you can't, you can't comprehend the level of analysis that's going on in those fighters' mind, whether it's conscious or subconscious or both, you don't understand what you're watching. When you, when you, when you watch it on TV, you see certain things happen. You're like, all right, you could have got out of the way of that. When someone is in front of you live. It's happening way faster than you think it's happening. <laughs> yeah. Way faster. Yeah. And bear in mind when when me and Jimmy Spar, I'm like fighting for my life, and he's about fifteen to twenty percent of effort at the time. It happens so quickly, you have no idea. Like that is the real. If people are watching as a fan, of course that is that's amazing. But you have to appreciate that what is happening is is it is as if you have hit that three or four times. And fast forward, it happens so quickly, and you're not reacting the way you think you're going to react no. to it at all. No, it's um, yeah, but you just don't get it. You don't. You don't I, get it. One one of, one of my favorite knockouts ever, and I've broken this down a few times, is Anderson Silver against uh, Vitor Belfort, and the front kick to the face. Yeah, why don't you, why don't you just Mate, move out of the way? But it's, well, this is the thing. It's like it's like oh, well, it was just it was just a really fast kick that he didn't see coming. It's like well, it was a fast kick, but there was a reason he didn't see it coming. And the Everything reason else. was is because he was expecting a low kick. And the fact that Anderson Silva sold him on the low kick with his eyes alone yeah. is amazing. Th that's the other thing. When you when you, when you you step in front of someone and you, you make eye contact, there's so many things that could be happening right now. And they're yeah. going to happen real quick. And you're like, oh, my God, I don't even know what to look for right now. Yeah. And it becomes like a, uh, like a fog in front of you. I was thinking about this for the main event for, uh, uh, for, for the, last, the last weekend with Overeem. And you know those you know those scenes in movies where someone's having to climb across something that's really high up and they're afraid of heights. Yeah. And they look down, you get that and it like kind of pans <laughs> out and makes it look like it's really, really far away. I was just thinking to myself, every time Overeem got caught with the jab in the in the second round, it must have seemed like that tunnel just got longer and longer. And, and Volkov was just getting further and further yeah. out of reach. Yeah. I, yeah. I was just trying to think how he must feel in that moment. But like, like literally, you, you're there to be hit and you can't touch the guy. Horrible place to be. Horrible. Nearly as bad. It's the nightmare of fighting someone with a, with a longer reach than you is just being prodded all day long and you can't get near to them. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm like I, I've had I've had a bit of a sandy vagina for a, for a year or so, <laughs> and I've sort of fallen out of love with training and stuff. But I'm, I'm just starting to get back into it. Get back into it. Yeah. The irony of that involves Judo Jimmy, which yeah, doesn't make any problem. sense at all, does it? That's your problem. If you're going to fall out of love with training, that normally hey, has something to do with him. Jimmy Wallet is the sandbox. Yeah. Like, yeah. He is, he he is quicksand. Sand up you there. Don't. <laughs> which him. way are you going? You're going with Gastelum, aren't you? Definitely going with Gastelum. I don't, I don't know why I love him. I just love him. Oh, where's his confidence, though, on a three-fight streak? I don't think he would care, do you? Do you not? I think he would Mate. care. 
I think he might hide it, but I think he would care. Though I know, obviously he would care, but I don't, I don't feel like he's going to be like, oh my God, I've got my yeah. three fight, you know, I've got yeah, him in this one. He he's going to come one. in and do what he does. And, yeah, but he lost know. the last one. He shouldn't have lost that one, should he? Who was that to? Was it Joker by Gil- by uh, Heel Hook? Yeah. yeah, it was, yeah. He just he just didn't, he looked like he like he was like, oh, no, nah, I'm not dealing with this. I'm not dealing with this. Leg locks. <laughs> Doing that. Who said you could do them? Leg. Yeah, right. Co-main. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> You're locked in Gaslam. Yeah, yeah, locked in Gaslam. Macy Barber against Alexa Grasso. 100% KOs on one side. Yeah. 100% decisions on the other. Yeah. Grasso's got other... She's got finishes on her record, though, hasn't she? Yeah, four knockouts, eight decisions. So a quarter of her fights, but none of them in the UFC. Macy Barber fights like she drank two bottles of white wine on an old day, you feel me? Yes. I and do. she's just, she's just, she's got very, very powerful. I hope she can refine that a little bit because I think the the raw mechanics are there. Very, very strong, very powerful, um, very athletic. I think she can, she can be a huge problem. Mm-hmm. She could be a really big problem, but I don't think she's quite got to that point where she's refined that that skill set. Um, she got out techniqued by Roxanne yeah. quite heavily, didn't she? I bet you love that. That's your narrative, isn't it? Well, power athlete yeah, gets I mean, you know. out techniqued by the the technician. But it is. I mean, that's how it, that is. From a martial artist perspective, you, that's kind of what you always want to see. Yeah, because you always want to be reassured that no matter how trust physically te- outmatched trust you are, yeah, you can yeah. overcome with technique. Yeah, and like Roxanne's always been up against it when it comes to physicality. And and against against someone like Macy Barber, I felt like that was even more accentuated. The fact that she was able to kind of subdue her and slow her down. It was a bit. It was a big win for it was, for, yeah. for technique, wasn't it? Yeah, it yeah. was a big win for technique, and it was it was a big win for uh, for Modafferi's confidence mm. because she's been around for for years mm. as Modafferi. I I have a poster actually. I've just got a frame from it, a frame for it, and uh, it was from one of my early fights in uh, in Japan, and she was out there studying teaching English and learning Japanese when I oh, was really? fighting in Japan and she contacted me and she was like hey I picked up one of the posters from the from the, the tournament if you want me to send it to you no that was way. before I'd even met her yeah oh wicked yeah she's wicked but she's been she's old school she's been around for a long time so Macy's with Duke Rufus isn't she yeah so you'd think going back to sort of my initial narrative that will get refined mm. you know that will, that will get refined over time She's still I mean, pretty young. As a though. coach, as a coach, you're you're looking at you're looking at an athlete like that, and you're like, "Well, this is all I mean, day." She born in 1998. To, to coach that kind of what power that, and athleticism into her, yeah, is going to take that's a lifetime of work to get to that level. Yeah. but you've got that, and to co- and to refine that into a, a technical um, output, I think is more than doable. And yeah. I think it'd be Robbie Sand ready to ready to go with her. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 she's going to even be even more open to that after coming off a, a loss where she was out techniqued mm. by someone that physically she should have been able to. Yeah, that might handle. have switched something for her. Yeah, I. They tested her ACL. I'm not sure if it was her last fight or not, but they did a. They, the, so when you're um, assessing an ACL, you do an anterior draw test where you sort of uh, hold their knee and you pull their lower shank to see if that ligament is intact or not. It's called the anterior draw test. They did that in fight on Macy. I have never seen that ever before. I'll, I'll pull it out and I'll pull it out and show you. I'm pretty sure it was it can't have been the Roxanne fight. It must have been the fight before. What because the leg because the leg was was in She bed. wobbled on it. 
she wobbled on it quite quite badly and then she was she was really um tentative on it and i think maybe there's only 20 or 30 seconds left in the round um they went to the corners the um cornermen went out of the ring and then the doctor came in and, and did the draw test huh and i've like weird. i didn't even know that was a thing no especially not during a fight and yeah very strange i've just i've just never seen that before that was weird yeah i'll show you later yeah so which way are you going with this one? Like Grasso's, I mean, her average fight time's thirteen fifteen. So she's like she's she's averaging over over two rounds. Mm. She's she coming up to flyweight. I think she's on one up flyweight, isn't she? Let's have a quick. I think she's come up. Flyweight she, debut was her last fight. Yeah, uh, uh, Jiang Kim. And Macy seems like a powerful mm. flyweight. I, I think that might play into it a little bit. Yeah. Um, she got out wrestled like by Tatiana. Pretty yeah, badly, didn't she? By Tatiana, she did. But I, I didn't. I was there for the Esparza fight, and I thought that might have been a bad decision. To be mm. honest, I mean, she like Esparza got pelted with mm. drinks on the way out of the arena. Oh, really? Yeah, <laughs> bad. Like soaked, pelted. Like people were throwing beers and all kinds of stuff. Um, she's she's accrued to a dis, to a decision with with good boxing, good striking. It is basically what what you're going to find from Alexa Grasso and. I think the I think the surge forward from Macy Barber and that physical strength and power that she brings, it might it might make this flyweight feel like a mm. like a like a battle like heavyweight. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I've got Macy down to to win it. Um, that's not to say that that Grasso couldn't. No, but I think she might get overawed by the sheer athleticism of of Barber. I mean, the, thing, the, the thing is with Grasso, like if you look at her record, like Heather Joe Clark, Randa Marcos, Karolina Kowalkiewicz, and uh, Gian mm. Kim, like they're, they're all they're all good technical fighters. They're not like they're not really physically imposing. Yeah, but they're all like you know they put their skills together well. Marcos has got a good ground game. She you know she's she's uh, effective with her striking. Kowalkiewicz has got great kickboxing, as we know. Gian Kim's long and awkward, and she's you know. She could she could quite easily kind of take her to school a little bit, use her footwork. She's she might have to get yeah. through a couple of rough patches in the early round, but she might she might be able tough to prove she's jab been, and yeah. She'd been whacked a few times and she just kept she you know she kept coming. Yeah. She's only been stopped once with choke by yeah. choke, hasn't she? Suarez. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, even Carla whacked her a few times, didn't she? She landed some clean shots mm. on her and she she took them. They've, yeah. they've put this on the fight. They've put this on, on the card in the co-main event because one of these is going to launch themselves with mm. a big victory. So yeah, another thing to bear in mind yeah. is pressure and which one's going to deal with the pressure bigger, uh, deal with the pressure. Mm. Macy Barber's the one that's coming off a loss. Yeah. And she's stepping yeah. in there with someone that uh, that is, you know, technically very good. Yeah, it's close. I still think, um, despite your best efforts, I still think Macy will, uh, yeah, I think she'll come through and take that. Go on then. We'll lock that one in. Main event. Lock it in. I'm saying nothing for this one. Well, I mean, yeah, I've watched the war room. It's difficult to comment when you've broke it down to that level. Um, I mean, the, the, the funny thing is, no one really particularly enjoys Kamaru being champ, right? But, Charisma is not uh, a, a necessary aspect to be champion. If you want to be a, a, you know, if you want to be a legend and if you want to be something more than the champ, then p- potentially that's what you need. And there's a bit of a charisma bypass going on, but that doesn't that doesn't discount him from being 
exceptional at what he does. Like he is genuinely exceptional at what he does. 16 back-to-back wins. He's going to be going in there thinking, it's tough to beat me. Mm-hmm. It's really tough to beat me. And, you know, like like you said, you've broken it down in, in, in a lot more detail, but um, he doesn't have a complete game by any, by any means. But at time and time again, we come back to the wrestling component of MMA dictates a lot of the outcome. It's it's the it's the glue that you stick everything else to it because it dictates where where the fight takes takes place. Um, it, I mean, even if you look at the, their records, um, Usman's record is incredible. Who he's fought is incre- mm. is incredible. There's name after name after name after name. You know, Gamebred, Dasanyas, Tyron, Maya. Gonny, you know, it's, it's it's very, very impressive. I think he, he's not necessarily, you know, my kind of fighter. He's not someone that I'm like, oh, yeah, oh, man, I can't wait to watch who's going to fight this weekend. But he, I, I um, respect and appreciate how elite he is at what he does. And in, you know, he's he he is risk-averse. You can see that in, in the way he fights and also wrestling is the best component of MMA if you're risk averse you know it gives you that buffer of of, of control um again like you touched on the war room it'd be fascinating to see how the training partner thing plays in like you just get to know each other so well don't you mm-hmm. and he must have in the back of his mind there's a couple of things that he that that um burns does he'll be thinking but he doesn't even know he does these things but i know he does these things and then, you know, conversely, I'm, I'm sure Burns thinks, thinks the other way. You know, he must have lit him up occasionally in, in training and, and and what have you. It's a very complex, it's a very complex narrative. There's a lot going on. There's If they were, had never met each other and never trained together, it's quite an interesting clash of styles. Then you layer on the fact that um, Kamaru is 16 straight you know, has beaten some serious names. Then you layer in the fact that these two have trained together for a significant amount of time. Where'd you go? My, my gut feel is, is Kamaru is too good at what he does for him not to win. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that I want him to win, but I think he's too good at what he does and too confident in what he does um, to, to lose this. And then, you know, the flip side of that is, does, you know, with Burns and his kicking game, does he come in and, you know, pepper his calf kicks, pepper his legs? Is he going to risk those calf kicks because that's going to lead to him able to be tucked down and put on his back? He's not that bothered about being put on his back, but ideally, is that really where you want to be with with Kamara in top position? <laughs> Man, it's, it's, a, it's, a tough, uh, it's a tough fight to call, isn't it? It is. It is. I think mm. that Gilbert Burns' skills bookend Kamaru Usman's in that, I'm not saying Kamaru's not got good striking, but he doesn't throw with the same kind of intention and intensity that yeah. Gilbert Burns does. He's very good at placing his jab and he's very good at kind of using his jab to manage people like he uses his clinch to manage people. Gilbert Burns, because of his, his tenacity and his intention, it makes him a little difficult to predict and also a bit difficult to control in that way and a Burns will know the ways into his guard just like yeah. he knows the way into ways into his ground game 
just like Kamaru Usman will know what to expect from Gilbert Burns and how to shut down his attacks. Yeah. But but that's the point of difference between the two. Is Burns is going, I know where vulnerabilities are that I can attack. And Kamaru Usman's going, I know what vulnerabilities are going to attack and I know how to stop them. Yeah. So it's like it's like for like to clear if you give both of them a game plan, a priority, Usman's priority is control and then attack. Yeah. Gilbert's is the other way around. Attack first. Yeah. And like we were talking about with, with Fahea and Benil Dariush, that over five rounds, I think, is where the attacking mentality starts to overcome. Because he's not fighting for points on scorecards. He's fighting to find a finish. Mm-hmm. So as long as he's constantly searching for the finish, he's constantly taking risks to find a finish. And I don't necessarily think that Kamar Usman's a guy that you can't take risks against mm-hmm. because he's not a devastating puncher. Like Sergio Marais practically falls in half when you punch him anyway. And the Colby Covington fight, I know it was it was it was a like I know a lot of people considered it to be controversial. I I I don't think it was. I thought Colby Covington was done at that point. But the point that the amount of punches that he had to take to be done is not the same kind of punches you have to take to be done against Gilbert Burns. Yeah. yeah. Like Burns Burns doesn't throw he many straight hurt. punches, but he throws long. And he throws wide, kind of like JDS, mm. and he clubs you with the ends of his the ends of his arms, like like a ball on a chain. It's it's, it's very much that athlete fighter paradox that we've yeah. touched on privately and and on this show a few times. You know, Burns is is heavily in that fighter group. He's a competitor. Yeah, and and Usman is heavily in that athlete group, mm-hmm. and I mean that's you know stylistically it makes it very very interesting yeah it's still incredibly difficult to call I don't, you know it is very very difficult to call Usman Usman doesn't Usman's not coming into fight which I think emotionally gives him the advantage but then but then I'll counter that immediately by saying that the the disadvantage of coming in and being a competitor is that you know that you don't have that fight if it's needed mm. yeah yeah <laughs> it's the the thing is with this it's five rounds that's what makes it most interesting because these guys know each other so well like I, I don't necessarily think that Gilbert Burns is going to be too far behind Kamaru Usman when it comes to conditioning hmm. and I think the fact that he's not adamant on controlling and defending means that he can kind of flow through positions where most people would try and stop Kamaru Usman taking them down Burns will just roll with it it'll just it'll, like like when when Damian Meyer tried to take uh, uh, Gilbert Burns down like Usman stuffed like forty odd takedowns of Damian Myers. Gilbert Burns attacked his ankle. <laughs> yeah. Like Meyer went to take him down and Burns Point rolled attack. for an ankle lock. It, attack mentality. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It'd be interesting. So Usman, you know, he he's clearly a five round fighter. He can do that all, all, every day of the week. Um, but he must be managing his energy to make sure he can go five rounds. This would be an incredibly high risk strategy, but if you went in there and made him fight at a pace that he doesn't normally fight at, whether or not you could rattle him a little bit in the no, no, we're going at this pace now, and then he's thinking, oh, I'm not sure if I got this for five rounds, and I fight over five rounds, mm. whether he could come in and just just pressure and pressure and pressure and pressure and pressure, and force him into operating at a tempo that he's not used to operating at, mm-hmm. but he. You know, he's been around and... I mean, that's the thing with Usman. He's, he's, he's very, very good at what he does. Mm. He, do, he doesn't use a lot to do what he does, though. He uses yeah. a good jab, he uses decent footwork, and then he uses clinch work and, 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 and 
wrestling against the fence. That, that's yeah. the thing is, it, is if a pace is put on him and if he's forced to work, then there's going to be a lot of elements of the fight that he can't control, which will make him uncomfortable, which will have a knock on his cardiovascular system. Yeah, the more the and, more we sort of unpack this a little bit, the more I think <clears throat> that might be a strategy for him is that you, you have to make him fight at a pace that he's not used to. Otherwise, he's control. Like what's his his main thing is control, controlling space and distance, controlling where the fight happens, controlling the tempo of the fight. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, what do you do with someone that craves control? Is take them, take the control away from them. Mm -hmm. And kind of touching on what you what you said earlier about Gastelum when he faced Izzy, like Kamaru Usman's skill set skill set is quite basic. So you can have you can have a go to or two or three go tos for each thing that he does. So, like, if you're thinking, okay, I'm at distance, the, I'm, I'm expecting him to throw a jab over and over again. Like, give yourself five different options to to put him off doing that jab. Mm. Like, he throws a jab, you split the jab and go down the pipe and hit him with a split jab. Next time he throws it, you come over the top with a with a power right hand. Doesn't need to land. It needs to scare him enough so he doesn't want to just keep throwing it. At his and own it's pace. And, and it's ruffling the control again. Yeah. If you, it, Level change. Yeah. Like that's another thing. Is it, like. It, That'd be a turn up, wouldn't it? It would, but it wouldn't surprise me either. Like yeah. the psychological games that they're going to be playing with each other and with themselves. But like Gilbert Burns, I think he's going to come in and he's going to be like, I know what Kamaru's good at. I know he's, I know he's a good wrestler. I know he wants to control me and beat me up steadily over twenty five minutes. If you Kamaru Usman, you're like, he's good on the ground. Mm. And every time he shot him it's for a hard. takedown, if I stuffed it, he was pulling guard. He was on my back. He was yeah. like, and and. He, of all the training sessions that they had, 10% of those training sessions might have been rough for Kamaru Usman and 90% of them might have been rough for Burns. Yeah, well, I was just, the as you were saying fighter that. Mentality, the very fighter mentality means that Burns is like, yeah, but I'll find a way to win. Yeah. I'll find a yeah, way to yeah. win. The yeah, competitor mentality is like, overrules everything. What if I don't find a way Th there's to win? There's a lot, Burns is in a position where he can play a lot more games to Kamaru than Kamaru is to Usman. Mm. Than Kamara is to Burns, I feel. First thing I do is come out in the opposite stance. Yeah. First thing off, just oh, hang on, that's not comfortable. Come in the opposite straight stance away. and shoot a double straight yeah. off the bat. Yeah. <laughs> See what Why happens. Not? Why not? He Why he, not? he has to he has to keep him guessing. He has mm -hmm. he has to he has to perturbate the level of control. I know you're gonna like that. Perturbate the level of control that's in there. Just give it a little give it a little shake. We love a new and, word. And just just put put him off. You know, put him off kilter, and I think I think he could come through and do that. How, having said all of that, I have put down that Usman will do what Usman does to the point where he he will get a decision victory over five. Perturbate, um, yeah. I tell you what, I'm really really someone. hoping it's the right word. Now. No, no, you're, you're right. <laughs> yeah, well, when you perturb someone, it makes them feel. Uh, it makes it makes them feel anxious. Yeah, right. mental well, uneasiness. What a great selection of vocabulary. Perturbate. I don't know. Is, is that actually a word or is it? Perturbation is a word. Yeah. So perturbate would probably make sense. Yeah, yeah I like it's that. Got to be something. Something. There you go. Let's throw that one back in. There you go. We invented language, so we do. Yeah, no one on this card's got Colorado, have they? No, they do. They do. Um, isn't Heinish from Colorado? Oh, is it? That mm. makes sense. That makes sense. I've written down in my notes he's got Colorado. Colorado, yeah, yeah nice. Okay, go on and then, then main I'm, event. Which way are you going? Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with the champ. I think he'll safe. Yeah, keep he's, safe. He's keep he's safe. A bit safe. I do. I also 16 do like fight control. Win streak, 
my life is controlled. I, like, <laughs> I do like control in general. Cool. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Fun. It'll be a fun card. Yeah, man. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And and all the prelims as well. Make sure you tune in for the prelims because there's some bangers all the way down the card. Um, jump cool. on the app, jump on the app. Get the app. Play along yes. with us, and you can uh, check out the leaderboard again if there you really want it. There it is. There you go. There it oh, is. Where's the leaderboard? Pow. <laughs> I'm not putting the leaderboard up. You don't no, I knew you wouldn't. I knew you wouldn't do that. Wicked. Another episode done. Four in the bag. Catch Over. you later. Enjoy the fights. See you next time. Remember, you can play along with all of the other UFC fans on the new UFC Picks app, available for download on Apple iOS, Google Play, or visit www.playufcpicks.com. It's free to play, and there's a chance to win £5,000 cash. Participants must be 18 years of age and older. UK and Ireland residents only. Terms and conditions apply. And remember to always play responsibly. If you or a friend have a problem with gambling, make sure you seek help and visit www.playufcpicks.com. BeGamblingAware.org.